0: Hi, this is Mordechai Fleischer, bringing you part three of our series of podcasts of understanding the sins discussed in the Torah. For this po- podcast, I would like to focus on what is arguably the most famous sin, certainly one of the most famous sins discussed in the Torah, and that is Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava, eating from the Hadas, Hadassi, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Let's just very briefly go over the story, even though I'm sure you know it already. Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve, are created, placed in the Garden of Eden, Gan Eden, and Hashem tells them that they can eat from all the trees of the Garden, except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the snake comes along and and convinces Chava, Eve, to eat from the tree. The snake tells Chava that if you eat from this tree, you will be like a god, you will be like a god. and Chava eats from the tree, she gives her husband Adam Adam, to eat from the tree as well, Hashem comes upon the scene and He punishes all of those involved, He punishes Adam, He punishes Adam, and He tells him that by the sweat of of your brow you shall eat bread, you're going to have to uh, work hard for your sustenance, and the earth will put forth all sorts of thistles and brambles and thorns, and as well as insects and so on, impediments to your ability to harvest food from the ground. And there will be death as well as a penalty upon, upon the world. And, <coughs> and Chava, Eve, is punished that she will have to deal with, with, um, with, with difficult childbirth, difficulty in raising her children, difficult, pre- difficult pregnancies, and uh, she will be the subordinate, the second in the relationship with her husband. The snake is cursed, that uh, he will crawl on his belly, and whatever, he will eat the the dust of the earth, and there will be enmity between uh, mankind and the snake, and Hashem tells the snake that you will hiss at his heel, bite him at his heel and kill him, and he will crush your head. There's an awful lot to unpack over here, and we don't have all that much time, I want to focus on what exactly the sin of Adam and Eve was, what were they thinking now, let's, uh, before we even talk about what were they thinking, let's speak about this in a broader context. Adam and Eve, the Torah tells us, were unaware that they were unclothed. They did not realize that that, that they were unclothed. And after eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, then they realized that, that they were not wearing any clothes, and they hurried and they made some sort of covering out of fig leaves. So, the question is, what exactly does it mean they, that they did not know they were unclothed? Rashi says... Of course they knew that they weren't wearing clothes. And so Rashi says, when, when the Torah says that after eating from the tree, they realized that they were unclothed, it means they had one mitzvah that they were given not to eat from the tree, and they, they were denuded, they lost, they were now naked of that mitzvah. That itself needs explanation, uh, because Rashi is always coming to explain the simple meaning of the verse, and the simple meaning of the verse seems to be talking about clothing, not about a mitzvah. So how exactly does one connect the mitzvah To the lack of clothing, or should I say the lack of mitzvah to the lack of clothing. Another question, which should strike anyone who goes through this section of the Torah is that Adam and Eve did not possess a Yetzirah, they did not have an evil inclination within them before eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Through eating from the tree, the evil inclination entered their psyche. And so mankind, humanity, did not have a drive toward evil prior to eating from the tree. That being the case, how in the world could they disobey God's command? How are they capable, able, to disobey God's command and eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil if they did not have an evil inclination? The snake is the manifestation of evil in creation, but it's external. So yes, the snake is there to seduce them, to convince them to commit this terrible sin to eat from the tree, but how exactly is the snake successful in doing so if there's no internal drive for evil? So let's start from the top over here and try to understand what exactly was going on and what was the choice faced by Adam and Eve, by Adam and Chava, in to eat or not to eat from this tree. Parenthetically, I want to just point out that although in popular culture it's thought that Adam and Eve ate from the tree, was an apple, in fact, uh, the epiglottis in one's throat, that thing that uh, sticks out of your neck, that goes up and down when you swallow, uh, is commonly called the Adam's apple, However, uh, it was not an apple at all. And in fact, there is no opinion that says it was an apple. There are varying opinions among the sages of the Talmud as to what exactly the fruit was. Some say it was grapes. Some say it was wheat, which needs further discussion because wheat is not a tree. However, it seems that it was a tree before the sin and then became more of a, 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 a regular grass-like plant that dies in the winter after the sin. That needs further discussion. Uh, some say it was figs and some say it was the esrog, the citron, that's just a parenthetical piece of information. So let's start from the top over here. What was their choice? What was the decision? The commentators explain a lot of what I'm, I'm, I'm discussing now is based upon the writings of Rabbi Eliyahu Dessler, other sources as well, that, that Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava, before they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they recognized there was this creation called evil. However, their recognition of it as being bad, as being terrible, as being something that would bring death and destruction and mayhem and confusion into the world was so clear that there was almost no way that they would ever commit a sin. Think of it as uh, walking to the edge of a building. Have you ever had the experience of walking to the edge of a building and looking over? uh, And you you involuntarily step back When you look down and see the sidewalk far, far below. Why? Because instinctively you recognize this is not a place you should be. It's dangerous. And so instinctively you step back. When you see a fire, um, you technically have a choice to stick your hand in the fire and burn yourself. You technically have a choice to jump off the edge of the roof. But if I were to ask you, do you really have free will? Assuming that you are a mentally healthy individual who is not looking to harm yourself in any way, shape or form. Do you really have a choice to stick your hand in the fire or to jump off that roof? Not really, because it's so clear, it's instinctively clear, part and parcel of your psyche, that this is not something I want to do. It's going to hurt, or worse, that even though technically you do have free will, but you really don't have much of a choice. It's not really going to happen. You're not going to stick your hand in the fire. You're not going to jump off the building. Adam and Eve's recognition of evil prior to eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, was very, very clear. They saw evil for exactly what it was. It was evil. There's a big skull and crossbones painted over it. No one is going to drink from a bottle of poison when it's got a big skull and crossbones painted over it because it screams danger. No one's going to eat from it. Yet people smoke, and people eat all sorts of unhealthy foods and do all sorts of dangerous things because it does not scream danger. Once they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and they brought evil into themselves, What happened was, and the commentators discussed this, that the idea of the tree of knowledge of good and evil means that good and evil become mixed together. Everything good has some element of negativity that is manifested by it, and everything evil has some element of good that it manifests or that seems to be good. It's confused. It's mixed. It's not clear anymore. So that what was previously extremely clear, that that this is evil, that screams, stay away from me, you would never dream of doing it, now suddenly looks tempting. It smells good. It tastes good. It makes me feel good. It's It has some element of goodness mixed into it. And so the drive towards evil that was introduced into Adam and Eve when they ate from the tree is the idea that they brought evil into their own consciousness as a drive. They are now tempted by evil, whereas before it was external. And it was not part of their psyche. They had no interest in it. They saw it. Technically, they had a choice to indulge in evil, but they never would have done it. Because it was eminently clear that this is not something they want. By eating from the tree, they mixed together within their psyche good and evil. So that, number one, what is good and what is evil is no longer a clear matter at all. Number two, even when I do intellectually figure out what's good and what's evil, the bad thing still screams good to me uh, on a, on a very, um, physical, in, in a very physical way. I, I, I will have a lust for it. I will have a desire for it. I want to do it. Even though I know intellectually it's evil, but it has good, It has some element of good that are trying to tempt me. It makes it look good. It makes it smell good. It makes it feel good. And therefore, we are therefore very tempted by evil post-eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay, so now we understand what exactly happened when they ate from the tree. But why did they eat from the tree in the first place? I mean, if I had a choice between living a life of recognizing evil 1,000,000% for what it truly is as being this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad thing or uh, having evil as something that is very tempting and is calling my name and saying eat me, engage in me and so on I'm going to choose the former I'm not going to want to engage in it so the answer is that Adam and Eve had a very, very great challenge uh, from an egotistical standpoint and that is this Hashem created Adam and Eve in this world to achieve spiritual perfection. How does one achieve spiritual perfection? By overcoming challenges in life. There's a lot more to discuss in this area. Um, The Ramchal, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutzato, discusses it in his work, Mesilos HaSisharim, as well as his work, Derech Hashem. But in a nutshell, a person is put here to achieve perfection through spiritual work, through attaining spiritual perfection, by refining oneself, by perfecting one's midos, one's character traits, by doing mitzvos, by by observing the Torah, by overcoming challenges. How does that happen? Well, I'm tempted by evil, and I overcome it. I am given a mitzvah to do. The more difficult it is to perform the mitzvah, the more sachar, the more reward I get. The more I perfect myself through engaging in that mitzvah, the harder it is to avoid a temptation, and I avoid it. The more I perfect myself, the greater uh, the greater the the reward I get through avoiding that sin. The problem is that Adam and Eve are devoid of any drive towards evil. And so their ability to grow, their, to grow themselves spiritually, to perfect themselves, is in a sense very limited, because there's not much there. Imagine if I give you a, uh, a, a set of weights, and I say, okay, the maximum weight over here is about five pounds. So this is going to help you build muscle. And you say, five pounds? Seriously? How much muscle am I going to build with a five-pound weight? Not very much. Give me 50-pound weights, 100-pound weights, 200 pound weights, I could gradually build myself up to, to lift those. But if all I've got are 5 pound weights, how much can I build myself up already? And so Adam and Chava are faced with this, with this terrible, terrible dilemma. They know why Hashem has put them here. They know that Hashem has put them here in this world in order to perfect themselves spiritually. However, the only way, it seems, that they can really truly realize that, to accomplish that, is by bringing evil into themselves and then conquering it if they bring evil into themselves, so that there's a drive for it, there's a, there's a, a temptation for it, so then, they will, indeed, uh, have a lot of work to do, to overcome this terrible challenge, to avoid the bad, to engage in the good, to ultimately separate, between the good and the bad, which, which again, becomes their work, after eating from the tree, to separate the good from the bad, but, Right now, there's there's really not much separation to do. It's very clear what's good and what's bad. It's all separate. The evil is off on the side in the form of the snake. The good is in the rest of creation. So how much work do they have to do already? And so Adam and Eve say to themselves, God must want us to eat from this tree. Because otherwise, why did he put us here? We're not here to live as cows and horses just to walk around eating grass and doing nothing else. We're here to perfect ourselves spiritually. But how can we do that if there's no work to do. And so they concluded that when God told them, don't eat from the tree, in fact, God was in essence kind of challenging them and telling them that, yes, this will bring up upon you terrible hardship and difficulty and even death. Because, let's just point this out quickly, although it needs a much broader discussion onto itself, the idea of death is the process of separating the evil back out from the human The only way to separate the evil that was incorporated into humanity is through death. And so after eating from the tree, every human must die in order to separate the evil components from the positive that mankind was originally created with. But it's worth it to go through this so that we can perfect ourselves and realize God's purpose in creation. And so in fact, Adam and Eve actually had in mind that this is something they want to do for God's sake. For l'shem shemayim, for the sake of heaven, in order that Hashem realize His purpose in creation, and the snake plays right into this. And the snake says, "If you eat that tree, you will be godlike." What does the snake mean? You will be godlike. So the idea is, the commentators explain, that Hashem has the ability to choose. Hashem has the ability to create, and you, mankind, by being able to choose between good and evil, when you do something good. You are creating worlds because everything we do, every single thing that a person does, be it good or be it evil, does not just affect himself or herself, but rather it affects every single layer of creation. When we do a mitzvah, we infuse positive spiritual energy into the world. We bring that down from heaven, from Hashem. When a person does something negative, he brings negative spiritual energy and destruction into the world. And so if I'm faced with a challenge, and I overcome that challenge... I have in essence become a creator. I have created a new layer of creation through the positive force that I have put into creation with my mitzvah. Or on the contrary, if a person does a sin, he has, he has destroyed an element of creation. And so to be a creator, to be godlike, only is achieved by eating from that tree. But, says the snake, if you want to be godlike, if you want to be able to build worlds and build yourself, Fully and properly, as God intended, you have to eat from the tree. And other and Chava buy into this narrative, and they decide, you know, God probably really wants us to do this, because why else did he put us here? And so they eat from the tree. And they eat from the tree, L'shem Shemayim, for the sake of heaven. They mean well. They don't have negative malicious intent. They have positive intent. They want to help Hashem realize His purpose in creation. We are going to bring evil into ourselves. It will be torture. It will be death. It will be very, very difficult moving forward. But it's worth it to mix good and evil in creation in order that we can realize our full potential and thus help Hashem realize His vision in creation. What's the problem? The problem is that Hashem had told them not to do it. So they have to kind of convince themselves that Hashem was challenging them as part of this process. Hashem told them, don't do this, because you're going to die. You're going to suffer all, all, all kinds of harm. You're going to crash yourself and the whole world by eating from this. But, whisper, whisper, but, ultimately, uh, you will have the opportunity to build yourself into a much greater spiritual being. You will become a much greater creator than you are now, because through choosing between good and evil and overcoming those challenges, your spiritual connection to the universe at large means that every time you, you do something right, You will be a creator of new elements of creation. New worlds will be created through your positive actions. And by avoiding evil, you will preserve entire layers of creation. And Adam and Eve say, Hashem must have not, really meant not to eat from it at all. He's giving us a choice and He's kind of encouraging us and saying, yes, it'll be tough, it'll be difficult, but go ahead and do it if you're willing to undertake that challenge. And so it wasn't really that they chose evil in the sense of when a regular person today chooses to, say, speak Lashon or eat something he shouldn't eat, or uh, stay in bed instead of getting up and going to Daven in the morning, it's not that kind of struggle between good and evil that we struggle with. Rather, the struggle was, should I incorporate evil into myself as a means of achieving a much greater good down the line? Well, now that we've explained this uh, choice so wonderfully, We have to ask ourselves, so what indeed did they do wrong? And the answer is, that their mistake was that a little bit of ego got mixed in. Because at the end of the day, Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava, are focusing on achieving their full potential. And while they are saying that we are going to do this for the sake of heaven, to realize Hashem's purpose in creation, there is a little teeny weeny bit of self mixed in there. I can become great by doing this. And so, while they may have very much intended 99.99% for the sake of heaven, that little bit of egotism, and there was enough egotism, even if evil, the mixture of evil and good is not does, does not yet exist in creation, or in their psyche, but the sense of self does exist. The ability to allow a little bit of self to mix in, that is there. Enough to sway their judgment, to cloud their judgment, to make them think that they're doing the right thing when in fact they're doing the wrong thing. And if no self whatsoever had been mixed in, they would not have come to the conclusion that that they should eat from that tree. Rather, they would have come to the conclusion that God said not to eat from it, we're going to listen to God. However, because a little bit of self, a little bit of the ego got mixed in, that swayed their judgment, that clouded their ability to see the full truth that this is a very, very bad idea, God has said not to do it, and it, it allowed them to make a terrible, terrible decision, which... Has uh, far-reaching consequences. It changed the world. I'm mean, quite literally changed the world, all of humanity, all of the world, until this very day. Let's just take a step back for a moment and understand what indeed did Hashem intend. If Adam and Eve al-machava had not eaten from the tree, so how indeed were they supposed to achieve perfection? And the answer is precisely by doing nothing. Sometimes we think that we can only achieve perfection and become great by doing things. We fail to realize that we can become great, sometimes, by doing nothing. Sometimes we see a situation and we say, I have to do something about it. But is doing something about it really the best way to go? When I see what I perceive as an injustice, as something wrong, and I want to right that wrong, but perhaps I'm going to go down roads that are not, uh, not the right path to go on. I'm going to do something or say something that will hurt another person in my pursuit of justice. And in my single-minded pursuit of justice or of doing, quote-unquote, the right thing, I am, in fact, doing something horribly wrong. Sometimes, sitting tight and doing nothing is the ultimate way to go. And there's more greatness in doing nothing sometimes than in standing up and doing something. Because by being willing to give up my sense of self, that I believe I have to do something, I believe I have to accomplish, I believe I need to say something, I believe I need to take a stand. And sometimes that's true, but sometimes it's not. And by being willing to negate myself, my own opinion, my own will, my own ego, even when my opinion or my will seems to be the right thing to do, but my willingness to be, to be brutally honest with myself and say, you know, right now I need to take a step back and do nothing. I need to just be, be mevatel myself. I need to negate myself. I need to submit myself before Hashem's will. That connects me to Hashem that connects me to greatness in a far greater fashion than doing something would have. Again, every situation needs its own decision. And part of our challenge today in the post-eating-from-the-tree world is that things are not always clear. Everything's mixed together. But the error of Adam and Eve, Adam and Chavah, was that they were not able to negate themselves and say, you know, yes, we have great potential that is supposed to be realized, but apparently Hashem wants us to not use it And because a little bit of their self got mixed in, they failed to see that clearly and they made a terrible mistake. And we are now left with the task of picking up the pieces and of trying to once again separate the good and the evil and it's no easy task because what's evil very often looks good and what's good very often looks evil or at least not very positive or pleasing. And so our process now is to once again sort through those pieces while at the same time trying to put our ego in its place as well. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Torah podcast, Understanding Sins Discussed in the Torah, Part 3. Have a wonderful day.